0: What's up, 99 Nation and lovers of the Non For 30 Podcast? My name's Anthony, recording live from the Billy Shears Podcast Studio in lovely Milton, Ontario. This is it. We hit it, the big 50, the 5-0, the 5-0. We did it. We've got this far, halfway to 100, almost at our one-year anniversary, and we're at episode 50 already. This is episode 50, Ethan Pounds and I talk music. Uh, Ethan Pounds was or is a client of mine at Nardini Salon Spa. He's such a great fellow that I asked him into the studio because I find him very interesting and I hope you do too. He's a young man with high aspirations and a wonderful wealth of knowledge. I, uh, I had a, a great time talking with him. Every time he comes into the salon, I really feel like we don't have enough time to talk and that's probably not what I get paid for, anyways. But he's in talking and uh, you know, I, I really enjoyed it. I hope you guys enjoy this too. We talk music um he's got uh, entrepreneur spirit as well He's starting his own business a little twist on a classic um i'll let you guys dive into that for any of ethan's details if you want to creep him on facebook or check out his business i'll put that all in the facebook notes as well as probably the liner notes uh yeah, wherever you're listening to this uh whether it be soundcloud or itunes or google play music um let me know if you have any other questions with that you can always reach out i'll see if i can get email for him and the website and all that good stuff Okay, a um, couple more hats to sell. Other than that, we are fresh out of our merchandise. Thank you, everybody, who had a little piece of that pie. Thank you so, so, so much. very much appreciated. it. Um, as well, we've got a couple things up on the plate. You, listen, the, we are getting closer to the countdown where Mr. Aaron Chalupa will be live in studio. His first time ever live in studio. We're so excited to have him. That's going to happen in a couple of weeks. But uh, I think we should start a countdown. So might say a final countdown I want to thank everybody who called any of the sponsors as always sponsored by the podcast 2020 Print Media they take care of all the hats that you guys get the t-shirts, all that other stuff we might have some new merch on the way but we're not 100% sure just yet and the OG's of the sponsorship game when it comes to the NA30 podcast Superior Finish Painting Company 289-979-9000 get a quote anywhere in the GTA drop the podcast, get 10% off it's amazing ok I think that's it uh, Go Jays Go we're going to have a Blue Jays edition uh, we're hoping to record that at the end of this week so hopefully have that early next week uh, going deep we got, we're lock stock loaded barrels on that so we got a couple episodes in the bank hope you guys enjoyed last week's episode of John's, uh, John's Adventure and Jasper or whatever we ended up calling it um, I really enjoyed that podcast I thought it was very funny It's great to see good friends in a room Having a conversation But great friends, a couple drinks, good chemistry It's Some funny things happen um, Alex was hilarious I think she's very funny uh, As well as John and Aaron Chalupa And uh, Maya and I think Ryan Anyways, okay, enough Thank you so, so, so much Remember the hashtags Hashtag Not After 30 Podcast Hashtag Passion over paycheck, hashtag not after thirties if you got that NA swag, and of course, hashtag D-Y-E-T-B-L-G, if you don't know, (laughs) joke's on you, anyways, be a good person, try to make the world a better place, don't be an asshole, don't be a dick, be a great person, love you guys, and thank you for helping the dreams of mine Get into the cut and figure out what happens and go from there. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I'll try to take some notes, but usually it just leads to me writing one word and trying to figure out afterwards what I meant by that one word. Sure, yeah. But whatever. Let's crack these beers and enjoy it. Cool, Cool, let's do it, man. So as tradition on the Not After 30 podcast, we always start this podcast with a cheers. Absolutely. cheers, Cheers, man.
1: Thanks for having me. Pleasure to have you.
0: This is the Not After 30 podcast. A podcast about reminiscing about your 20s. While surviving your 30s. Now it's time for the show. Oh, fantastic. Nice. All right, what's up, not for 30 Nation? My name is Anthony, and across from me, a new aversion to the podcasting world. Um, weird, uh, but our, our, our roads have crossed a couple times. Um, first, I guess, was in the salon. Yep. And getting a, a haircut. Yeah, a young man getting his haircut. And that was probably what, four? Or maybe, I've been
1: coming for a while now. Yeah, it feels yeah, like it's been a
0: long time. Years, for sure. Found out that you also teach my cousin, or taught my cousin. Oh, yeah. Who yeah. Was, who's your cousin again? Uh, Francesco. That was probably years ago. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, I remember us talking about that. Yeah, 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 cool. Ladies and gentlemen, lovers of the NARF to 30 podcast, Ethan Pounds across from the table. Round hey. applause. Yeah, yeah, clap, 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 clap. clap. The
1: studio audience. Yeah,
0: <laughs> soon, right? One day. So, um... The Not Up to Thirty podcast is is basically a podcast of just like lifestyle and and whatever whatever kind of floats our boat, but usually things that I have interest in that I hope other people also have interest in. And um, this is something that that's gonna sound kind of weird, but I've always found you as a very interesting person because you, I, I believe you're like way more mature than your than your years show. Oh, thanks. and uh, you know, always well composed, and I think also very well um, put together. But um, very precise in what you want to do and, and the image you want to put out and as well as so I, th- I think I think you'd be a very fascinating person to have on the podcast so Thanks, thank man. you for I making the track you no
1: know, yeah thank you for having me I appreciate you saying that that's awesome okay so with very that nice being
0: evening. said uh, which is um, a rule whenever I say that because I happen to say it a lot it's a drink so salute <laughs> let's do it yeah cheer, cheer. cheers cheers well, another right? one infinite cheers mm-hmm. just always cheersing so um I don't know buddy what do you want to talk about oh man we can go all over the place this is about uh
1: <laughs> it's about your 30s, eh? This is, well, we're, we're getting into... It, it's it's uh, re-
0: reminiscing about your 20s while surviving your 30s. It's kind right. of like our tagline. But um, I know you're a big music guy. Yes. And I always like to think of myself as a big music guy. Okay. But we're um, very different end of the spectrums where you like to make music and create music and play music. Yeah. And I just like to consume music, so...
1: Cool. No, that's sweet. Um, yeah, I don't know. As a person in their 20s now, I can know if you have i can i can tell you what's going on in my life Mm -hmm. Um, i can tell you that
0: um i can pretend like i'm 30 yeah (laughs) i could try that it's uh to pretend like you're in your 30s you're basically the same thing as you are in the 20s just a little slower at everything else okay like not as athletic and, and uh, it doesn't matter But I, I, I kind of want to talk music Because sure, yeah. I think that's kind of your, like, your forte right? Like, is that your go-to? I would, yeah, that's, I put most of my time into music So uh, what, do, what do you play? you play everything?
1: Um, no, not everything uh, I, I play guitar and I do some singing mm-hmm. I, do, I play bass guitar um, That's pretty much it All Pretty right. much it, yeah
0: So do you have a preference, like
1: uh, instrument of choice? I love guitar, but yeah. I would actually say uh, Singing Singing is more fun for me to do in
0: in what sense do you find it more fun
1: I just think that when you sing you're using you know there's there's kind of more more muscles involved you're using it's a sort of more more it's almost a more physical activity than just playing guitar to me okay um and yeah I think it's uh it's almost a more kind of like primitive kind of visceral expression you know okay um yeah or maybe it's just sort of more new to me so I like it Okay. Uh, more for that reason. It's hard for me to say.
0: And, and what kind of got you into the singing aspect of it? Uh, I was just playing in bands. We didn't have a singer. And I, was <laughs> like, I you got forced to the front? I got to do this. So. I think you have a very good voice, though. Like, you have a very good just talking voice. So That's I gotta imagine true. your singing voice is pretty good, too. No, uh, it's, a, it's a voice. Okay, okay. It's, it's, you know. do, do you have a, a style most associated with or uh, maybe a sound most associated with? Um, I mean, I did a lot of, like, heavier stuff. Okay. So, you know,
1: punk-related genres of music that was a big thing for me for a while um rock stuff I would love to do like a you know like a sort of chilled out like loungy style I don't know if I could do the Frank Sinatra type stuff yeah. but you know a sort of pulled back loungy thing I think that would be awesome so who's like uh, like a James Groban kind of thing I haven't listened to James Groban is yeah. he like uh does he do like singer songwriter yeah I think he oh I can't put my
0: phones on how embarrassing you think I've done this before so, um right. he does yeah it's like the uh michael buble kind of oh yeah like yeah. that kind of like um not quite pop not quite contemporary yeah i think that's a cool scene mm-hmm. um yeah, because there's lots of money being made there too sure yeah right. you need to have some vocal prowess to be
1: to get into that world but that's uh it's definitely a fun style of music to to
0: sing you yeah know? i'll say that is it because there's more like there's more showmanship to that, or I guess there's showmanship with all aspects of lead singing? So I think it's stylish. Yeah. You know? I think it's just the the
1: way that you're using your voice. Um, it's kind of collected. You yeah, know? there's some styles of music where it's very explosive and it's just raw and it's emotional. In those styles of music that are a little bit more pulled back, um, there's kind of like a poise. Okay. You know, and there's just a way that you there's kind of a swag mm-hmm. that that those those singers have you know um vocally and then also
0: the way that they dress and the way that they carry themselves so i think it's just kind of a cool yeah i think like the presentation is maybe like a little higher higher society kind of feel to it i think so yeah yeah. like you're probably singing with like a hundred dollar scotch in your hand or something like that right yeah Yeah. exactly yeah okay so do you have like a a, a mount rushmore of maybe uh not of necessarily like lounge singers or that um that more contemporary style, but maybe like influences for you.
1: Um, so there, I mean, there's a lot of dudes, but I like, and this is not really the, on the same level as like Michael Bubler or something, but Tom Waits, I don't know okay, if you yeah, ever yeah. get a chance to listen. His voice is, is a little bit, a little bit different, quite gravelly, but I love Tom Waits. I think Tom Waits is, is the man. Um, and he does some of that kind of loungy borderline jazz I mean, I guess some of it's straight up jazz, right? Um, some of that kind of crooning stuff, mm-hmm. and then uh, do you ever listen to Nick Cave? No, the name rings a bell though. So he, I mean, very kind of gothic sounding, but very lush. Okay. Um, yeah, sort of lo- low, sort of almost spoken singing. Okay. You know, um, almost like he's he's preaching or something like that. Okay. Um, so those two guys I listen to quite a bit: mm-hmm. Tom Waits and Nick Cave. There. They get lumped together a lot okay they're stylistically similar sometimes um, but they're pretty cool
0: right on and then uh is there like um so you put those, those two guys would you put in like categorize anybody like was Sinatra be up there sure, or yeah. like D Martin or any of that like Rat Pack 40s um I, I enjoy that stuff I haven't really
1: totally investigated it yeah um Leonard Cohen I think yeah is, for sure cool. yeah. I think
0: he's he's pretty smooth he's a smooth dude his most iconic song, probably "Hallelujah," right? Oh, I, I would say. Yeah. Would have to say so. There is. Um, have you ever heard of the book "The Tipping Point"? Yeah, Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah, right on. Um, he has a podcast that it just came out uh, about two months ago, and he does a whole episode on "Hallelujah," and he, he breaks down. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. He breaks it down. Um, the original recording that happened. I can't remember exactly when the original recording was, but it was 15 years prior to. When it really the song really broke and it was it had been redone a couple times, and he talks about how um, the original pressing wasn't it wasn't its actual form like the form that we know it at and the evolution of the song and how important that song is, but uh, his podcast is called uh, Revisionist History. It's a well produced, really well put together, really thought out. Um, if you if you like Tipping Point, this is right your alley. So it's hi- I highly recommend it. I love it. Cool. Yeah, but especially Leonard Cohen being so important too. So. Yeah, yeah. I um I read Outliers as well. Yeah, I haven't I haven't read that or what was the other one, uh cl- um one worded. Blink. Blink. Yeah, I haven't right. read that. Yeah,
1: he's he's a smart dude. He's yeah. got
0: he's got some cool stuff. Did you know he's Canadian? I did not. I didn't know that. Either. Either. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah.
1: Fun fact. Yeah. Malcolm well, Gladwell. There you go. Um but yeah, I actually I think a friend told me about that podcast. Yeah. I think they did a whole thing on um I think Europe in the forties or something like okay. that. Okay. I could be wrong, but uh yeah, I know. Yeah, cool dude for sure.
0: Yeah. The, the way that his mind thinks it works is amazing. There's another one that I recently listened to, so it's somewhat fresh in my memory, Was is called The Blame Game, where he... Um, I don't know if you remember this. I, I didn't remember it, but there was an issue with um, high-end cars. They were... People thought that you could hack into onboard computers on cars. Right. Or apparently it's been proven that you can do it, but people thought that they weren't able to break. Um, because someone else was messing with their onboard computer of their car. And because of that, uh, Lexus, or Toyota, who owns Lexus, got sued. They had to pay out some like $3 billion to different lawsuits. Wow. And they found out that it wasn't necessarily the onboard computer, but the, they blamed the mat that was between the, the foot, the pedal, the foot that was on the mat was too thick, and you couldn't apply the brake properly. And they got off on, on paying out all these billions of dollars. Wow. And, and it turns out that that wasn't even the case. Really? Yeah, really interesting. It was. Anyways, the the podcast is very cool. We got, we we started to get that conversation. Add where you kind of like flow away from that's, a topic. That's all right. No, that's yeah. cool. I'll have it's to find more though. More thoroughly. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. All right. So, I I want to go back to kind of influences that come to you for music. But sure. what other like do you have? Any other major influences? Uh, influences in life. I like film directors. Mm-hmm. I like people that make.
1: I like documentaries mm-hmm. quite a bit. Right I'm sort of more of a non-fiction guy, I would okay. say, generally. Okay. Um, I don't know why. Okay. Uh, just Just from, you know, that's kind of just the way, sort of the path I've taken. Okay. But guys like, uh, you know Werner Herzog?
0: Um, it sounds familiar, but no,
1: I don't. Um, I think okay. he's a cool dude. He just makes uh, very, really interesting documentaries. He kind of goes... I like courageous people. Okay. Um, and he's, he'll do sort of ridiculous stuff. He'll go, he'll, you know, he'll fake permits to film in certain places <laughs> to get certain yeah. clips and things. Like, I. he's just very about the art. Yeah. And about making his vision come to life. And that's something that's really admirable to me. What's he most known for? He has, he's got a bunch of documentaries. Um, there's one called Happy People... There's one called, there's one about, there's one about like Antarctica or something like that. Um, Happy People is about Siberia. Okay. One is called The Cave of Forgotten Dreams, which is like this documentary about, uh, these cave paintings basically. Okay. Uh, and so he goes with this team to open up this cave that hasn't been opened in, in years and then they go and kind of just explore and find these, uh, um, these these old paint like the first kind of art, okay, cave art, and uh, like no one had opened this cave in years, but uh, and that's the type of stuff he'll kind of go and he'll just do something bold, very like outside, that. yeah, okay, um, stuff that people don't know about. You know he'll uncover these topics that people are just kind of in the dark about, um, but yeah, so he's pretty cool. Okay,
0: and okay, so we kind of covered a little bit of music, a little bit of film. Is there anyone else there for uh, inspiration? Um.
1: <laughs> Muhammad Ali
0: yeah really <laughs> just just
1: because like the, yeah. like his swagger I think anybody that is into what they're doing is very passionate about what they do um, and I, I admire courageous people who do things in the face of uh, of fear you know they do things anyways even if they, they are you know they're fearful about it uh, people that, that really like themselves very mm-hmm. self confident people People like that in general. I would okay. say I
0: admire. Well, I think we're naturally attracted to those people, anyways, right? Because of just the glow and the presence that they carry. Yeah, for sure. All right, right. Yeah. right. All right, brother. So tell me more. So, I, I find that whenever I I can ask you something, I can see the the wheels turning in your head. Like okay, you're, you're trying to put you're trying to put the answer together, and sure. it's coming out. But do do you find yourself very calculated, or do you find yourself like uh, always planning two steps ahead? Is that part of your personality, or are you, or are you more just reserved in, in emotion or something like that? I would say the latter
1: more. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sort of an improvisational guy. Okay. You know? Like, I I like to not plan too much. Okay. Like I, <laughs> I think it's important to have goals, Yeah. but I don't like to, you know, plan every day to, yeah. a, to a T. You know, I like to wake up and kind of just glom into a heap and then get rolling with something and kind of let the day... Unfold? Yeah, however it's going to all right so but yeah I guess I've I've sort of I guess I'm somewhat calculated and 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 reserved emotional I, I don't know that's just kind of the way that uh I've I've been okay. you know yeah I've, it hasn't really ever been a conscious thing you know
0: what, what, what kind of student were you were you like a very good student um
1: I was good until high school uh-huh and then got uh, distracted
0: yeah, we yeah. all get distracted in high school. <laughs>
1: high school is crazy, man. Like I think I just realized when I got to high school that I, I was I was sort of like past the school thing. I'm yeah. like I, I don't want to sit here. I don't yeah. want to learn this stuff that isn't that isn't relevant to my life. Kind like of like the John
0: Mayer philosophy where he just he I think it was grade 10 or 11, he just decided he he didn't want to go to school because there's nothing there that was gonna, he was going to learn that it was going to be beneficial for him, and he just wanted out.
1: Yeah, I think that's the age it happens at. Yeah. Like, in retrospect, there there was a lot of cool stuff going on. Like, chemistry is a cool thing. Right. Yeah. Physics is a cool thing. But at the time, I was like, you know, this this is not practical. This is... So I kind of, like, logged off Yeah. for those last days. I still finished and graduated high school. But, yeah, at, at, the, uh, at the time, it wasn't super interesting no. for me. Fair yeah. enough. But I was okay, I guess, to answer your question.
0: Yeah, because I, I feel like... I mean, and maybe it's just, it's just uh, like, the presence that you give. Like, I feel like inside you're always too step Like, you're, you yourself, like, you're just so... Um, I don't know what the right word is. It's, um... I feel like... You're uh, you're very well put together in that sense. So, oh, I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe you're just a really good actor. Maybe you need to get to acting. I don't know. I don't <laughs> know. I, can, well, I don't know just what it is. Faking it. Yeah, yeah. Fake, fake it. Yeah, fake it until you make it. Right. Yeah.
1: Um, I think for certain things, I I try to think a couple yeah. of steps ahead. But I think I would lose my mind if I if I tried to plan too stuff too much. It's nice to just have some room to do whatever.
0: Okay, so maybe like composing up uh, a plan. Like I want to get into it a little bit later, but like a business plan. Um, or even like writing a song, or even even putting composing a song. I, um, are you a visual person, or can you keep it all in your head and then just lay it out? Or do you are you making ten notes and then the string that's attached to like every picture on the wall, kind of FBI most wanted. Um,
1: I really shouldn't, but I keep
0: everything in my head. Really. Yeah. so either kind of like Jay-Z where he like he keeps all his rhymes in his head and he just spits once and that's it like one take kind of guy or so is is that is that just all but don't you find it like confusing because I find it so confusing I write down some lyrics
1: to kind of proofread and and change some things but largely yeah it's uh, I don't know what it is it's just it's kind of like like at least speaking uh about music it's like when you kind of get sliked in on, on an idea it's hard to forget right because you're into it so yeah. you kind of just keep saying it and you, it's, you sort of become obsessed with with uh you know making it a thing so you don't it, it, it becomes more difficult to forget it you know uh, right and if an idea is forgettable some people argue maybe it's not an idea you should be using anymore right to. right right um so that's that's i guess one way to look at it um yeah I don't know man I just uh, <laughs> maybe it's laziness it's, could totally... it could be I mean if you can keep it
0: all organized in your head isn't that a great thing I feel like that'd be a great
1: I guess so ability. yeah it, it might be less stressful to write stuff down but I don't know it's just kind of the way I've done it and yeah it works it and, works so yeah talk to me about your, your songwriting process um so it it often starts with music mm-hmm. um there's a lot of different ways to, to write a song but um, often it'll start with music and you kind of get an idea. And then I try to focus on having small variations in a song. Okay. So you want to have one idea that's kind of like your, your hook idea. And then you want to structure the other things around it um, so that there, there's kind of a logical progression between things. Okay. You know, I, I used to listen to a lot of music that was very like it was very random. It would be, like, one style of music for 30 seconds and then another style of music, just okay. a whole kind of, like, you know... Uh, like, so, like, selfless... Uh,
0: what do they call it? Selfless Mindless...
1: No. Oh, Mindless Self-Indulgence. Thank you, thank
0: you, yes. Like uh, they were kind of, like, all wacky and all over the place. Y- yeah,
1: there's this band called Mr. Bungle I used to listen to, and they, like, made a thing... That's, Great that's name. A, yeah, Mr. Bungle, and, uh, from California. And uh, they used to, I think... At least they have a record called California. But, uh... They used to basically... They made a thing of changing genres every 30 seconds in their song. So it was very like you were changing a radio yeah, station yeah, yeah. or something the like
0: that. The ADD uh, generation, perfect for them. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So,
1: But nowadays I favor more kind of small, subtle variations as opposed to like just a big jump to something else. So yeah, like I like to have an idea and then you go somewhere else... Um, it, but you, you keep the essence there, mm-hmm. you know? So there's kind of a flow to it. Um, and, like, I always teach my guitar students, like, it's, it's... When you're writing a song, it's a... You know, you're in the interest of keeping things interesting. So if you have an idea and you just do that same idea for three minutes or four minutes or however long your song is, it's, it's going to become repetitive. It's going to become boring. So you want to have other parts to, to keep it from being boring, basically. So that's why you have verses... And bridges and things like that. The song basically is the chorus, mm-hmm. in my mind. You know, you have the hook, and that's where you get people. But if you just hook them for three minutes, after a minute of the hook, you're going to be bored
0: out of your mind. Okay, I, I don't know a lot about constructing a song, but the, you, you you have, what, is it usually three verses? Uh, yeah, you, two or three. Two often, or three often, verses. Yeah. Like there's a bridge.
1: Yep, you They're might right. have a bridge. Um, and then there'd be like the chorus, which the course, is like right. the
0: main hook. Yeah, that's the main hook. Okay. So... Some of, some of the guys that I idolize with music, um, the way that I have read and heard interviews of the, the way that they like to compose music, uh, Noel Gallagher from Oasis loves to compose music and then fill in the blanks, fill in the words. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the Red Hot Chili Peppers, half the band will construct music and Anthony Kiedis will go into the corner and start writing lyrics to it. Um, and then even like okay, let me let me uh, disclaim and just say. Not a huge fan of Nickelback, at all. But You're even not alone. yeah, right. Uh, apparently, I mean, whatever. It doesn't I don't want to get into it, but <laughs> I, I've heard them say that uh, Chad Kroger would just write lyrics on lyrics, like uh, almost like a story, and then uh, do a, uh, elimination of lyrics, and then there's a song. Yeah. Like so, uh, I mean, I guess everyone kind of goes about it differently. But is there a key to success with that that you know of? Um. I guess, like, first of all, you got to figure out what, what success
1: means for you when you're writing a song. Um, I like a lot of music that just seems like like nonsense, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I do enjoy a lot of music like that, but I think a big thing, it, like, as far as connecting with people, mm-hmm. is concerned is you want to have a concept with okay. what you're doing, you know? You don't have to have a million lyrics in the song. Um, they don't have to be uh, complex. You don't have to use big words, but you want to have something that you're going for okay you know some songs are aimless right and you don't know what the person's talking about and
0: um, kind of like every single beyonce song
1: yeah i mean yeah. you know sometimes it's not uh it's not um you, you don't totally know what the per- and that can be great like you know i think beyonce is cool i like a lot of music like that but i think if we're talking strictly about connecting with people you want to try and have some theme
0: to what you're right. writing about. You want there to be a concept, I think. Kind of, like the broken heart theme, the fallen in love theme, the, um, like, ambitious, you know, moving to New York theme. That, like, that, like, is that what you're talking about? Like, that kind of concept? Yeah, yeah, yeah like, I think so. So,
1: like, a lot of big pop songs are just stories. Right. You know? Um, and, you know, it's, it just, it keeps it easy to follow, you know, for, for a lot of
0: people. Um, Relatable, to I imagine. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. so that if you're looking to try and connect with people you you want it to be kind of you don't want it to be too abstract Mm -hmm. you want people to know what you're talking about uh and and simplicity is actually very important you want to you want to strive for simplicity i think
0: you want to try and communicate the most with as little as possible right okay um is that maybe why like uh something like country music right now is is, is thriving so much like I, the more i talk to people the more i bash country music i find more people coming out of the woodworks defending it people love it yeah right isn't that so weird it's it's interesting yeah
1: um it's also apparently one of the only genres where they still cds are still a thing really they still, really? They're still like there's
0: pickup trucks baby
1: yeah see yeah every pickup truck's got a cd player um, but yeah, I don't know. I think there's just a whole thing built around country music, you know, it's like, it's less about the, the, because it's not like every country song has unique subject matter, you know? Right. So it's less about each song being this fantastic song. And I think it's more about each, each song gives off the country music vibe, which is a comfortable, you're sitting on a porch drinking a beer. Right in the country type of thing. They basically they try and paint a picture right. of the vibe they want to give off. Um, which, I mean, I guess, you know, all kind of music, or, or I should say quite a bit of, of music, at least popular music, tries to do that. Right. You know, gangster rap is like that. they're oh, like talking
0: about the ghetto and, you know, selling drugs on the street corner, that kind
1: of stuff. Yeah, they're trying to paint a picture of what it was like there, and or uh, or like a macho image or something to make you feel right. badass or whatever it is. But... Yeah, country music
0: definitely has a vibe. Do you do you feel like, uh, I mean, I know that country gets slagged a lot about kind of all sounding the same, four chords in every song, but, I mean, when it comes to, especially guitar, which is probably the most dominant uh, instrument in country music, you, you're going to have that with anything. You have that with punk music for sure, mm-hmm. you know, especially the early punk that was, like, the Ramones playing three chords in most of the songs, you know. Uh, I mean, is there, do you believe in that kind of science or do you think that's just... More of it's just a coincidence because of the limited chords on a guitar. Um,
1: I don't. I think you can be you can be super complex if you want, um, but I don't believe that because something is less complex or that they utilize the same elements that it it's any worse. Um, you know, I I think if you look across music, if you look if you're comparing genres of music, they're all very similar. Mm-hmm. You know, if 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 you're not talking the sounds themselves if we're talking what chords are being played a lot of the rhythms as well um, it's very similar uh, I used to do this exercise or I just sort of like I would point out this observation to some of my students there's this band called the Mars Volta yeah, um, progressive rock band basically right, right, yeah. and then there's Britney Spears and they have these two songs Britney Spears has Toxic and then the Mars Volta have this song called Concertino and I used to compare them and they're very very similar almost the same chord progressions. In fact, there's this kind of melodic hook that they use that's almost exactly the same as well. But because, you know, the Mars Volta is played with these guitars and there's some guitar solo stuff and there's these kind of crazy drums. um, And it's like traditional rock instrumentation. The vocalist sounds a certain way. There's a vibe that that song gives off that's totally different than the electronic, you know sound of it. yeah that, that Britney Spears gives so I think what really differentiates genres is the sounds of the instruments not the not as much the chord progressions and um, uh, the rhythms that are used
0: there was uh, something floating around on social media this morning that I found very interesting and it was one of those things like you know when when we kind of made this this plan to record today I was thinking to myself as like shit what am I going to talk to Ethan about? Like, what, what can we talk about? And I'm you know, floating through social media, and there's something that came up called the Millennial Loop. Have you heard of this? No, no, I haven't. Uh, it's a, it's um, four notes in a bar that is, um, it's is high-low, high-low, but it's found in like some, like, uh, out of the 200 top songs that have been over the last two years or whatever has been, it's in, it's in like, 95% of these these songs. Really? And they call it the Millennial Loop, and um, like Rihanna does it a lot. Um, they had um, One Direction, and I'll see if I can pull it up and show you. But it's kind of cool. It's, it's just like a it's a it's a very it's a very common melody. It's like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Like it's high low high low high low. Okay. Um, and it's it's just but it's been they call it the Millennium Loop because of how many it's and how many songs it's been in in right. the last little bit that it's so popular. And I, I think Britney Spears was part of it too. Rihanna, um, Beyonce. There's there's like they're named ten artists. Uh, and I'd say that nine of those ten artists had it in at least one song with it. But I feel like that's also like a contrast in sound too. Like you like that high to low, high to low. That's I feel like that's in all music. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I know.
1: You know, there, there is. Um, the. When when you. When that is the case, that you find something that's effective. um they're, they're going to be people who are in it just to make money mm-hmm. right so they're going to try to do what they can within copyright laws to uh to to produce material to produce effective material as fast as possible so i think one of those things that they do is they they'll copy chord progressions or they'll copy certain elements from other songs um there's that whole thing with uh, with, uh ed sheeran in mm-hmm. the marvin gay did you hear about that
0: Um,
1: basically Ed Sheeran, uh, you know, he, he sort of, he wrote a song that sounded very much like a Marvin Gaye song. Okay. And so he was sued. Um, and, uh, I, I don't know what ended up happening with that, but you see this a lot and it's people using strong elements of songs that were successful already with slight variations to kind of evade the copyright to produce something that is going to be a successful,
0: uh, didn't, uh, wasn't yeah. that, that with the happy song too, for Williams, uh, and happy and, uh, the Marvin Gaye estate as well. Oh, they, yeah, the, I think they had to pay us something like $14 million to the Marvin Gaye estate wow. because of, because the, the, um, the courts found that it was too similar or whatever the case was. Crazy. Yeah. I, that's big money, man. That's big money. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean. I guess it depends what you want to do if you're in it if you're doing it just to, to make money and you want to try and you know just crank out as many hits as you can one after another then that might be a route to take but I think um in terms of you know, like, if you're focusing just on expression, you might not want to use the same elements all the time, but that's kind of
0: up to your discretion when you're writing a song. Do you believe in the hit machine, the The rumor of this machine that you can you can put elements of a song into and it spits out, um, or you'll, you can write a song and you play it and it just figures an algorithm that if the song will be a hit or not? Have you heard... Uh, Kate, first of all, have you heard the, the myth of the hit machine? No, I haven't heard about that. Okay, it, w- it was something that... I uh, I used to obsess with Alan Cross's... Um, Alan Cross anything Alan Cross would write. But yeah. what do you have? Uh, what was that show called? Um, History of New Music. Yeah, yeah. And I would obsess about that. And once he talked about this machine called the Hitmaker that you two um, apparently had invested in, and you play you play s- songs through it, and with a, a di- different different al- algorithms, they figured out if the song would be a hit or not, and and you know, if you had five hits or four hits on a 10 track album you you can make a lot of money with that kind of album and apparently U2 was one of the biggest proponents of it so really yeah I found it very interesting and I wouldn't doubt it too but I I mean U2 is not one of my favorite bands nor are they on my like list um so for me to hear something like that about U2 it's like a little fist pump for me but do you do you think there's something that there's something to that yeah, I mean, I, I would believe that something like that exists. I feel like it has to. Like, we, we've been manufacturing music for so long there has to be something like that out there. I believe it, yeah. Like,
1: I believe that there is some predictability to what uh, what is going to be a hit, mm-hmm. what is going to affect people that way and what isn't. Yeah. So, I, I don't know if it's a machine or there's just some, there's just certain elements they look for or whatever, but I think there's there's definitely a way at least to mostly predict. Mm-hmm. You know, you can you can get a pretty good idea of what's going to be. And I think sometimes things still fall through the cracks and then right. sometimes things you don't expect explode. Uh, there's that song, have you heard that song, Panda? Oh my goodness. <laughs> so, I, I've heard all the parodies
0: of it for sure too. Or there's there's or, a ton, or, yeah. or remixes, yeah.
1: And that's 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 a unique song to me because it's, it's actually quite complex lyrically. Like okay. It, if you listen to it, it, it's hard to understand even what the dude's saying. That might be
0: our intro or out song, so I'll make a note of that. Okay,
1: cool. Um yeah it's it's one. it's like it's a weird structure too like it's it's basically the hook twice and then there's a verse which is very similar to the hook and then there's the hook again so it's it's not like it's verse chorus verse like a lot of mainstream music including rap music is so it's uniquely structured and then it's difficult to understand and follow what he's saying so it's kind of remarkable to me that it was as big a hit as it was hmm because really, it's it's the first three or four lines that people know, and right. the rest is is difficult to you know. Keep so it so
0: line. what what do you what do you put the success to? You put maybe it's just it's just so hook charged that there's just it's it's easy to catch into.
1: The first line is is super hooky. Yeah. Um, so that kind of grabs people. It's got a kind of world domination vibe sort of thing. Yeah. Where you feel like you're on top of the world when yeah, you yeah. listen to it. <laughs> and uh, then it's just, it's a little bit, it's part of a genre I think that people call mumble rap, mm-hmm. which is like rap that is very difficult to understand, you know? So um, I think it's it's sort of a new... Because it's unique and because yeah. it's new it it's it kinda caught people off guard, I think. Yeah, it, it
0: might be and it might also be that song that is that first song that kinda kicks off a genre as well too.
1: Yeah, I think it's I don't I don't know if it would be like a forerunner or like one of the first type of songs in that genre, but it it's one of it's a relatively new one because yeah. that style of music is relatively new. Uh, and then also that artist in particular had he there was like a controversy between him and another guy, you know. uh, He was basically accused of stealing a sound, Mm -hmm. and so there was this kind of, like, the whole thing was taking place in this controversy the whole time. So I think those elements together are kind of what made it so big. Yeah. But the song itself is a very kind of, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it seems unique for a a massive hit. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't see songs like that being massive hits.
0: Yeah. Do do you think that the world of of YouTube or SoundCloud or... Um, okay player back in the day like those websites that kind of gave you the advantage of just putting your music out there and hope for the best like I mean, look, look at um what was it, uh, Rebecca Black with the Friday song yeah, yeah, yeah. you know like, songs like that that definitely shouldn't get or definitely won't get radio play but end up becoming or the what was the um, An- Anton uh, shoot the, the, the what are those brothers names they made that song from the YouTube clip about the uh, Rapist Shit <laughs> Oh man This is such a funny song I, I love this song so much um, He was on Tosh Bono too Anton Walker Is that his name? Where he's like hide, hide, hide your Hide your wife oh, hide, yeah, hide your husband Because yeah, yeah. they're raping everybody out here right. Bed Intruder That's what it's called The it Walker Brothers No Walker Brothers But yeah But, but songs like that Like songs like that, that you know, Like maybe 25 years ago Would never come on On people's ears Unless you know by chance of like a mixtape or something like that. Right. But are now getting, you know, huge YouTube clips are making huge money now. You know, some guys are making upwards of to ten grand ten grand a month. Like it's insane. Sure, yeah. So so stuff like that. Like those slip through the crack songs.
1: I think it's a whole different world, you know? Um like there's styles of music that would have never gained popularity because nobody would have given them the platform uh to nobody would have promoted them okay. you know it was it, there were these there's obscure genres of music that um you know it's just it's not something that a record label would have would have would have put money into mm-hmm. you know um and it, it the it, they catch fire purely because of the internet yes you know and word of mouth there's some there's some music that is listened to ironically you know there's artists that people will listen to because it's like it's a little bit funny, you know, mm-hmm. it's like somebody's trying, but there's maybe something a little bit off or uncanny about it. And there's artists that are successful for that reason, you know? So it's really, it's a really unique environment. Like the music industry today is, is very different than it was even, even 20 years ago, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think it's in one way, it's very cool because artists that would have never, ever, you know, possibly gained notoriety or are huge, you know? Um, on the other hand, you know, you have, Art, more artists struggling now right because you know it's selling records isn't really a thing they're more just promotional tools for for shows but uh, yeah I just I think the game has changed and I think you can still be successful you just need to sort of approach
0: it differently okay now I mean yourself... So, excuse me you, yourself as an artist do you find like do you give yourself more leeway because of something like that or is that are you is that something that makes you excited about the industry or maybe a little bit more cautious like as an artist how do you feel about the landscape changing changing so much
1: um i think it just is what it is you know and you kind of just need to you need to roll with it how it comes um i think it's exciting because Mm -hmm. i think there's the potential to reach people um uh, easier than than uh, than before you know Um, So I don't know. I'm a little bit kind of, it's good and bad. I I don't really have a a preference for one form of the industry or one time period over another. Um, But yeah, I think there's a lot of possibilities
0: these days. So I think it's kind of cool. What what, what do you think's moving, what do you think's next for the music industry? I mean, you're seeing a lot of live shows now, a lot more than I think the touring brand was doing before. What What do you think? Do you think there's like a next big thing for it? Or are we all? Are, is is streaming music just going to be what it is, like what we're doing right now? Um, well, yeah, I think streaming music is big
1: because mm-hmm. uh, people don't like paying for stuff; that they don't right. have to exactly, um, or at least paying quite minimally. So that's going to keep going. I feel. Um, I think one thing that has changed huge is um, how, like, how an artist needs to be to mm-hmm. be successful. Uh, I think one thing that's changed is that you need to be sort of a multifaceted artist okay you need to be able to uh you need to be as visually interesting as you are musically interesting so it's not as much about like oh that's a cool song I think you need to be to to keep people coming back you need to be like a captivating person
0: okay that makes sense yeah
1: so you kind of got to be a you know you got to be a triple threat Quadruple threat. You yeah. got to be able to. You just got to be a personality
0: that people can't turn away from. Okay. In addition to being a quality artist. Right. I, I feel like almost always, if you are, you know, like a one man band or or a solo artist, you really have to look the part. You have to be some kind of um, centric personality. On top of you, you probably have to do something else. Like you have to be like a badass basket maker or like a photographer or something, something that's going to intrigue people even more. Like, holy shit, did you know that Ethan also does this? So uh, I think, and of course with like the social media the way it is too, if you put out a, an Instagram photo of like uh, a picture you drew or whatever, I think that's going to captivate people more on what is this a mystery of. Yeah,
1: I think mystery is huge. Mm-hmm. Some of my favorite artists, I know nothing about them. And there's that intrigue you know i find when i know too much about an artist it i become less interested okay i'm not necessarily not interested but i become less interested the
0: mystery the mystique's kind of gone
1: yeah i I, that's something i value okay in 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 art with the artists that i like personally um so that's one thing that is going to that that has changed already you know Mm -hmm. um you can maybe have a hit if you're kind of regular dudes you have a good song But I think to have longevity as an artist, you need to be like a person of interest as well, you know,
0: kind of constantly evolving. Yeah, that's important
1: too. You know, a lot of these artists that have been around have changed their sound. Yeah. You know, they never stay the same. That's one thing. I also think live shows are going to change pretty significantly. I I think as technology changes, uh, you know, just the way, like they already have holograms. For example, I was just
0: going to bring that up. Yeah.
1: So we're thinking more holograms. More holograms, virtual reality, I think is going to be a yeah. big thing, which is a crazy idea to think about, you know. But I think that is going to be, I think that's going to be huge, you know. Concerts where people just put on goggles and Who, who do you think's
0: doing it, who, who do you think's doing the game so well? Like who do you, what artists out there do you think is doing it as much on their own terms or letting their artistic uh, um, freedoms be? Is there someone out there killing it? Because I feel like there's one guy in my mind that's doing it really well. Okay. Um, Yeah, I mean, to me, what
1: comes to mind is people like Chance the Rapper, mm-hmm. uh, Frank Ocean, guys
0: that are unsigned. but are kind Oh my gosh, Frank, he took like four years to, to release his album. Yeah. It's four hours, man. He must be really hungry. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's it's a
1: long time. Um, but I think he still did it uh, the way that he wanted to do it, which is cool. Um, so people like that, uh, you know, I, I, I listen to a lot of rap music, so, uh, you know, Groups that are, I think, Odd Future was an independent group. It's a band called Death Grips that are kind of a combination of hip hop and punk, mm-hmm. and they they very much do their own thing as well. Uh, but but who are you thinking about?
0: I think the guy who who's doing the best is Jack White. That's a good point. I think I think everything he puts out, he's got control total control over. Not not control, but like I'm not talking dollars coming back to him. I'm thinking more. Um, like, this is what he wanted to do, so this is what he did. Right. And he just bought, like, a vinyl pressing plant in Detroit, and he's, he's revamped it, and he's going to do live shows there and, and really help revitalize that area of Detroit, which is abandoned. So I think, I think a guy like that is really... And he did the same thing in Nashville. You know, he, he brought, like, he helped uh, put Nashville... Not help, but maybe added to the Nashville culture of music. And and he's just one of those guys that I feel like no matter what he puts out, it's going to be a quality product. It's going to be limited, which you know makes everybody, especially like myself, like you can see around the studio, like everything here is something collector ish. And and he makes something limited enough that you know an average guy like myself can, can purchase it, but it's you only have one shot. And I feel like he just creates the right kind of mystery around himself.
1: Yeah, and he, he also had the White Stripes, which is Right, So yeah. he has, like, become solidified as an icon, you know? Yeah,
0: fair enough, yeah. He's
1: at this point where he is, like, he's, like, basically a, a legend already. Yeah, fair
0: enough, fair to say, yeah.
1: You know, so he, like, if he died tomorrow, you know, the White Stripes would be re- remembered as being this significant 20th century, 21st yeah. century musical act. So I think he's at a point where he can kind of, like, do whatever, you know, he's always going to have the White Stripes, even if yeah. some shit goes, goes terribly wrong he Gets in some huge controversial, whatever the case may be, uh, people are always going to remember him for the white stripes. Yeah.
0: So he's kind of always got that, that to fall back. Like if his career goes to shit, he can do the nostalgia act with Meg and they can go out and still make money. Always. Yeah. Always. You know, but he, I also find like he's a guy that has evolved really well too. Even when he got too much into the limelight, he kind of dipped out and disappeared for you know, six to eight months and then reappeared with something cool. Rack on tours. Um, you know, I feel like he he's he's done a a pretty good job at evolving, but also really really giving people like a, it started off with like a small little peephole of what you could see in, into what he's trying to create, and then it expanded and then disappeared for a little while, then opened up again, and it's something new. I I feel like he's really me, one of those guys that has evolved, um, always come out with something good and different. So yeah, I mean he's he's at a
1: point in his career where he can really. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah, he has a solo band. He's got other band. He could start ten bands. Right, He'd be like okay. I just I just started ten bands and I'm gonna tour with them
0: all yeah. simultaneously. he yeah. could do that, and everyone would be like, sweet Jack, like you, yeah.
1: you do, you do. You everyone do. be
0: like Jack, it's a great idea. Why hasn't somebody else thought of it? You're the first person to do that. You know, like, and no one is surprised either. And I don't. He doesn't. He never looks like a guy who's trying too hard. You know, I feel like um, you. You look at. I feel like Green Day. The last album that they came out with almost trying too hard. Like, right. you know, hey, remember us? We had we had American Idiot and Dookie before that and Nimrod. We had all yeah. these cool albums. Remember us? Yeah. And I get so nervous when I see bands that have done the first three albums really solid. Maybe fourth album was kind of a floater. And then they, they, they try to reinvent themselves and they go too far one way. Yeah. I mean, I think Green Day is a good example because they... I mean, when you're 45 or however old right. they are and you're playing this music that is like expressing this, this angst... This teenage angst, know, yeah. and it, you, You've been a millionaire for longer than you were poor, that kind of thing, too. Yeah, you've
1: achieved the things... You know, you've resolved the issues you were singing about yeah. 20 years ago. It's, it's hard to... You know, maybe impossible to, to really... That, that's the m M&M and argument
0: way. I have. Everyone keeps holding M&M in this high regard. But to me, that's he, the, the guy's been more rich than he's needed... And hasn't had these issues. I mean, the last time he had any kind of fire for me was when he, he had a beef with Mariah Carey. And he raps about having sex with Mariah Carey. Like, I don't see what you're complaining about, dude. I, I know a million guys that would like that opportunity, you know? Yeah. So that I have the same argument with Eminem when people put him on the list right now. I, I think, you know, most of the guys that we, we consider greats in the rap game got out before their reputation could get tarnished
1: yeah yeah that's a good point like it's like even if you're angry about that like you know come on man like, yeah. you, the, the whole the whole thing is, is okay yeah,
0: like, yeah. Like, it, you're gonna
1: be fine like, yeah, everything's like, gonna be okay things are all right man so um yeah i mean that's that's a good point like so that's an interesting topic actually because it's like you know do you have to be i guess like suffering to mm. be an artist type of Ooh, thing, that's right? a big topic because it's like you know do you want to be that guy that's just unhappy your whole life making good art Mm. or do you want to enjoy your life and maybe not produce quality art
0: but I think that's maybe a tale as old as time because you you think back at like early painters like Van Gogh cutting his ear off um, not selling a painting until he died and then all of a sudden he's selling paint or paintings are selling that kind of stuff maybe that has to be a thing because I think everyone can relate to that sorrow
1: yeah, that's a hell of a story, Van Gogh, yeah. he yeah, he was poor as hell. Like yeah. no one knew who he was his whole life. <laughs> so, and so we're like Van Gogh, he was great. And but everybody like,
0: knows who that is. You know, no one says Van who? Like everyone knows Van Gogh. Like I bet
1: if you found if, if somehow Van Gogh came back to life and you had a conversation with him,
0: he would be like dumbfounded that people oh. are so aware. He'd be so it. pissed. A lifetime of, of trying to achieve, he'd be so, he'd be the next rapper. He'd be the next Eminem. Yeah, he'd Van Gogh. start dropping mixtapes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all, all the all the covers would be like really artistic, yeah. really well put together, great color palettes and all that stuff. Yeah, these are
1: great, this is, your records have great cover art, <laughs> Who made it? Oh, yeah. well,
0: that was me, actually. Yeah, that's uh, also I'd, me. Yeah. I did that, yeah. Uh, I, I think that's great. Uh, my, my favorite type of music is... Um, Music with a struggle, but also um, I don't want to say the happy ending, but like the um, the confidence that whatever issue is going to happen is going to get resolved and things are going to be fine. Um, I, I've said it a lot of times on the podcast before, but one of my all-time favorite bands is Oasis, and and Oasis never had like Oasis came out in that early '90s where um, or mid I should say early mid 90s where we were coming out of grunge and grunge was like so fucking depressing and right. so so slipped my wrist and the end the, they had like a much different sound that was that was more positive and that's always stuff that i relate to is I, even like my favorite all-time rapper i'll say it favorite all-time rapper is Kanye west i don't, I don't care i know people bash no. Kanye all the time but no. hit, all his stuff is always like yeah i'm in the gutter right now but i'm gonna get there and I and I've always been more attracted to that music because it's the uh, it's the sunshine and rainbow after the after the storm.
1: I think that's a really good point. Um, I and I've thought about this because there's a period in my life where I was making music that was basically just depressing music. Mm-hmm. And it's like you got to look at the function of that, you know. And it's like if you're making music like that, I think it's 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 absolutely valid and it's important because it gives people like um, it's comforting. Mm-hmm. You know, if somebody is going through something like that, they can identify with the themes in the music it's great it really like you know it helps them it can help people cope through things i think that's largely the function of that music they they feel like they're they're not alone type of thing but you know if, if that's all that you listen to is this really sad music without this sort of like optimistic outcome you can become that music and you yeah. can become sort of a sad person so i think what's cool is Uh, Or, or I should say, something that I've started to try and do with my music more is is, um, kind of, like, express a confidence with it. Nice. So the songs feel like they might have dark subject matter. Um, I think art is cool because you can express, like, all kinds of, you know, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be PC, it doesn't have to be, you know, how you would present yourself in day-to-day life to the Mm -hmm. random people that you meet you can be a little bit out there with it but i think it's important to express that confidently yeah you know and for it to sound empowering
0: yeah Um, yeah
1: so that's something that i've been going for um more because you just feel better listening to that stuff. sure yeah it's almost like the depressing stuff use it occasionally like it's you know you get that medication off the shelf if you're bummed out about something listen to a sad song get through it you had a breakup right cool listen to your breakup records but you know you got to look at what who you want to be and what you're going for. Largely, I think in life, um, and so and I think that's a big reason why people gravitate to a lot of these hip hop guys because they're confident as hell. Right. They're you know they're arrogant. you yeah. know, Some of them. It's they're, like it's the past uh, workout
0: song, like you know why a lot of people love like ACDC for like the workout music. You know, like Thunderstruck. It's just such a great build up the, and and such such a gratifying climax in the song. You know, like yeah, it, it builds and. I think you're right i think the the confidence that hip-hop artists you know give off is uh it's very addicting and, and you know you want that and you know it puts more swagger in your step and yeah yeah
1: makes you feel cool makes you know? it feel so cool yeah and uh yeah that's awesome so i think yeah i don't know i just think it's uh you know you want to listen to stuff that is going to help you be the person that you want to be right you know and you want to try and express that if you're
0: making art as well i feel yeah um yeah I don't know <laughs> okay're we're, we're getting pretty close to our timeline here, but I did want to bring up some things that that you're you're embarking on now and sure. I, I, you know I didn't want to sound like I, you know I was pumping you up too much or anything like that because I do find you as a very interesting person and I do respect your opinion because of all the hard work that you've put into music and that stuff. and That's I mean, you know what I think it's important too to shine a light on where shine a light on things that deserve a light to be shined on. and you're embarking on a, a new uh, entrepreneurship, I guess you can call it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do music lessons
1: now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, well, I've done them for a long time, but, um, I'm, I'm basically restarting it because I, I they're traveling music lessons. Mm -hmm. So I go to people's homes to, to teach. And I did that for a period of time. Um, really shortly after I started teaching and then I moved away. I moved to Toronto for about a year uh, last year. So it kind of, the stuff I was doing in Mississauga sort of, um, yeah I just I wasn't there so i I couldn't maintain it so I'm really kind of starting it up again mm-hmm. and so that's the newest thing and I'm trying to present it a little bit more professionally and and with you know more options for different lessons and
0: things like that. Um, so i'm really I'm really restarting it now is there is there something about it that um, you find it's lacking in uh, in other things, and and let, let me describe what what I I kind of envision too. And I think we we might have talked about this a little bit before too. Is when I, when I was taking music lessons as a child, I always felt a little awkward in uh, an environment I wasn't exactly comfortable with. Uh, you know, I went to a music shop that. Had you know all these expensive guitars, and I showed up with like a beginner guitar, so I felt a little awkward about that. Mm-hmm. The guy knew a, a ton of, about music before me, and and so he the way that he was described it almost talked down a little bit, and I felt a little, a little bit weird. But I feel like, you know, if you have someone coming to your home to your house, you're in a comfortable setting already. You know, you you know what's going on, and you have someone coming in and just showing you tweaking some things that you might need to know, or just just educating you on something that you are interested in
1: yeah i think it could be great for the kids and it can be great for the parents too mm-hmm. it's convenient for the parents because they don't have to travel mm-hmm. to to drop their kids off for a lesson you know they could do other stuff at the right. same time then the kids it's like they're familiar with the environment you know um yeah i, th- I think that could be a big thing it yeah. just just feeling comfortable doing something new
0: is is important I think you nail it too. It's just having a, having a parent comfortable that the they know the kids, one room away. They can do dinner or whatever else they need to do. The kids only only a room away, so there's no um, awkward. I mean, awkward might not be the right word, but the the parent has a reassuring assurance that you're right there and. You know and I think also too, like we had talked about like some some things that you're you want to do to have more a uh, very strong professional feel to it. I think that's important too that people want to see that kind of look and and, the, and that professionalism too absolutely
1: yeah um I think when you're doing the type of lessons that I'm doing where you you go to a person's home, you have to present it like that because yeah. people don't want just anybody showing up, you know um People want to be like, okay, he's a reasonable guy. Yeah, he's gonna do what he says he's gonna do. I'm not gonna be wasting money, and I'm not gonna have some creep coming over to my house. Right. Because everybody's heard horror stories from Craigslist and Gigi yeah.
0: about some long haired hippie that smells like patchouli yeah. who smoked to join the car before they came into the house.
1: Yeah, he's so high. He's yeah. in the less. he doesn't know what's going on. So yeah, you wanna you wanna know that what you're getting is is gonna you know it's it's gonna it's
0: actually gonna help your kid. Right, and it's something that you're going to be able to feel good about. Now, are you, are you going to just um, maybe specialize in Mississauga, or is distance a factor? Uh,
1: I teach lessons in Brampton right now. Okay. So it's it's a factor, but it's not a huge factor. Right. I probably wouldn't drive to Thunder Bay. Good call, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, you know. Well, some kind I, of radius. Yeah, yeah, some sort
0: of, you know, maybe maybe a half hour, 45 minutes. Yeah, I think that's a good call, too. Yeah. Okay, so for the non nations that's listening that might be interested in your services, maybe put out some information out there. Sure, yeah. So I mean we we're called um Troublemaker.
1: That's the uh, Yeah
0: Great. <laughs> right. Well yeah, done. No, that's
1: music like, pun's my favorite man. Yeah, yeah, no, you gotta you gotta be punny. So yeah, Troublemaker music lessons. Um, our website should be up. No, it's it's just www.troublemakerlessons.com, So there's all all the information there.
0: Okay. By the time this goes up, it will probably. I imagine the website is uh, it's up already, or. Um. It's yeah. It, sh- it should be up. Okay. Yeah. Well, this will probably go out in the next ten days, two weeks. So. Cool. So hopefully by that time it'll be for by that time it'll be up. Yeah, I mean it's it's yeah no it'll it'll be up. Yeah. It'll right be up on. for
1: sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then, you know, there's, uh, there's all the information on there. There's, there's, yeah, you can, you can look at the teachers that are on there. Um, there's a little kind of blurb about the philosophy of the lessons, but yeah, it's all on there. If, if
0: and, and what instruments in case people are wondering?
1: Right now we're only doing guitar, piano, and drums. Right they, It's all traveling lessons. Right. Um, uh, I, I, I guess drums can be a little bit difficult to travel, so, uh, I don't know why we chose to do that over <laughs> violin or something, but, uh. But it's all good. So yeah. those are the three we're offering right now, and then hopefully we'll expand and do more in
0: the future. Right on. All right, brother, we're going to wrap this sucker up. Uh, Flew by, over. man. You know what? That, that was a very quick hour. Yeah. Um like five minutes. Okay, so Nana Nation, for you guys that are interested, um, check out our Facebook page. Uh, I'll have all Ethan's stuff up there. i link to the website as well. Uh, if you guys are interested in that and you can't get a hold of them for whatever reason, reach out to me. Find us on... Um, Twitter and a podcast no that's not right at any 30 podcast jeez you think I know this stuff uh, email not after 30 podcast at gmail.com or of course Facebook find us on there and I'll reiterate you over to Ethan and all the good people at the troublemaker. Music Lessons website or whatever. Brother, thank you so much for coming in. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for um, the beer, man. Hey, anytime you want to come and talk music, my door is always open. It's awesome. Um, I love it. Maybe next time, might have to crack out some uh, some guitar. Wow the people. Sure. What about your personal stuff? Like, do you want to put your band stuff out there or anything like that? Oh, yeah, sure. Why not? I do have it. a band. Uh, we're called
1: HD Stardom. Okay. So it's a 21st century technology-themed band. We have some synthesizers. Electronics, bombastic drums, um, weird guitar parts.
0: You have a SoundCloud account, or we've got a My, MySpace. You could do. Uh, we should we should do a MySpace. That that's still could thing, be, right? MySpace is still a thing.
1: I think some people for, use it. B- yeah. It's a
0: mostly for music, though, right? Yeah, I think okay. so.
1: I haven't been on it in a while, but um, it's, I'm sure some people use it still. We're we're on Bandcamp though, okay. so Bandcamp you could do hdstardom.bandcamp.com, and that's got. Um, well, our first record on there, and then you can also go to Facebook, excuse me, and just search HD Stardom, and we'll be on there.
0: Uh, I'll well. link to all that stuff, too, uh, as well, as long as it's out there. Um, I'll link to it on our, our Facebook page, too. Um, cool, cool, brother. Well, I thank you. We're going to call this one. Thank you, man. Um, really, anytime you want to come over and talk music, this the door is always open. I would love to. I would right love on? to. It's a lot of fun. We, we can we talk some hip-hop. We'll get John DeNoir, who, is, um, who usually co-hosts with me. And uh, and we are two huge Kanye West lovers, man. And we go, we have we, already released one thing on hip hop, but we did it like last night. Like, hey, why don't we record something about hip hop? We're like, yeah, let's do it. And we were not prepared, and we just started talking about how much we love Kanye. It, it was not a great podcast, or maybe it was. I don't know. I'm not too sure. But next time we're gonna do it for sure, dude. If you want to talk hip hop, I'm I'm always game for it. All right, well, I, I'm always. Game. That's what we might have to do. We're gonna yeah. have to get Uber on on speed dial or speed app, and then we're gonna make it happen. Uh, we'll get with Jonathan Noir, maybe even uh, some other people, might have to have, like, two other people on board for that. Because I feel like that'd be a banger, maybe at least a three-part. That'd be cool, yeah. would be right. right. a lot of fun, yeah. Alright, Dino Nation, thank you so much for listening. Hopefully, I didn't rumble them both too much on the intro. Uh, and more stuff coming, blah, blah, blah.